What up, everybody? This is the Medieval King Art, and I'm here with my man, of course, Coach Flight. What's up, y'all? And this is a special podcast episode of the Who Kings podcast. Got some quick hitters I want to talk about real quick as it's fresh in our minds. The first thing we want to hit on is the great women's Final Four that we watched last night. But there's one special player that's going to be a transcendent player of not just women's basketball, but of basketball in general, and that's Caitlin Clark. Absolutely. Uh, Coach Fly, just give us some rundown of your experience watching her on TV and what her expectations can be post-graduation from Iowa. This is my second season watching Caitlin Clark. Um, knew of her last year where she was a great player. She's got even better this year, stronger, uh, more athletic, uh, smarter off the basketball. Um I looked over at my wife and said, if Sue Bird and Steph Curry had a baby. Perfect. It's, yes. It's Caitlin it be Clark. Her. Yeah. And you're seeing the revolutionary type of game from her, very similar to what Steph brought in college and transcended to in yes. the NBA. Perfect comparison. Yes. Um, I do believe, though, with the Caitlin Clarks, and I want to add in um, Don Staley and her South Carolina team. I want to add in Aaliyah yeah. Boston. Zai Cook. I want to add in Angel Reese and uh, Kim Malky of LSU. I want to add in Kenny Brooks and what he's done with Elizabeth Kidley at Virginia Tech. That's yeah. the Final Four on the women's side. But I also want to look further. Ohio State beat UConn, which a lot of people say, can we get over this UConn? <laughs> so you're, what you're seeing in the women's game, the women's, I believe, is in that transition right where men's college basketball was in the 80s into the 90s where – you're getting big name schools or big names yeah. producing um, blue blood potential. You're getting them to stay around three or four years, right. and the coaches now are bigger than ever. You can look yeah. at the women's game, yeah. and it's not just Geno or Pat Summit. It's not, but it's Geno, it's Dawn, it's Kim Malky. Yeah, uh, uh, it's now it's Kenny Brooks yeah. from Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, uh, old lady out of Stanford. You yeah. know, she's still doing it. So There's a quantity of, of good coaches throughout the country, for sure. No doubt about it. So yeah. I think you look there and you look at the men's game, and the men's game is fine. Mm -hmm. But the ladies are now, like the ticket pricing was significantly different from Dallas to Houston. Yeah. And the higher tickets were in Dallas opposed to the men's Final Four in Houston. So wow. let that just sink in for how popular the women's game is becoming. And Caitlin Clark is a big reason to do with that. For sure. I just wanted to hit on Caitlin Clark, man. And I did not watch her Elite Eight performance. I was more checking on the score of the Ohio State women's basketball game, seeing them lose. But when I saw that she had 41, 12, and 10, I'm like, okay, I expect to see this from Giannis. <laughs> I was about to see this from, from Jokic, but you have this girl who plays the one, brings the ball up the court, she facilitates, mm -hmm. she gets in there with the trees and gets boards, and she's going to get her shot off, off the dribble. Most of her points ain't catch and shoot. She's pulling up, she is dribbling, tween, tween, behind the back, hezzy, skip to that lane. Tween, tween. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And she's pulling from 30. So that is a great comparison 30. with Sue Bird and Steph Curry, man. I am so excited 
for the Women's College Basketball Championship. It's going to be a great game. But transitioning over to the men's side, and a topic we want to touch on real quick is the impact of mid-major success on college basketball. And, of course, you are seeing that right now in the Final Four with no number ones, no number twos, or number threes making it. They have a nine seed in a Florida Atlantic University and San Diego State University going to battle it out to go to the championship game. Think so, about that. You know what I'm saying? You don't see the blue Florida Atlantic you, and San Diego State. Say that right. again. Ain't no, ain't no Kansas. Ain't no Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Ain't no Duke. These blue buds that were used to ain't no Gonzaga. I thought this was going to be their year to make it, and they failed again. But here we are with the mid-majors and the Final Four to potentially win the championship. Villanova used to be that mid-major type in the beginning. But yeah. now I believe that since they've got that championship and they're in the elite in the Final Four so often, we don't see them as mid-major no more. I think you're talking about UConn. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. UConn. Yeah, and I agree with UConn. Four national championships in the last – 25 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what? how do you feel about uh, these mid-majors you know, being so dominant now and can this keep going forward? I think this is here to stay with the men's game. Okay. Uh, I think with the NBA coming down and the new collective bargaining agreement yesterday, yeah, they're that. essentially eliminating the one and done even though you still got to be a year removed. Yeah, It's still going to be high transfer portal. It's still going to be NIL dollars. And if you're a lower school, you're going to live in the portal but if you're a bigger school, maybe not a blue blood, but can produce NIL relationships mm-hmm. like Miami, you're going to see second, third year teams consistently get to this point. Mm-hmm. I think with the Florida Atlantics and the uh, the Florida Atlantics and the San Diego States, you're living in the portal. Absolutely, one of, one of Florida Atlantics' uh, best uh, players, he came from UConn just last year. Oh, I didn't know that. So you know you you have a a system now in place with college athletics that can be good or bad, but I think what a lot of these coaches are now doing is devaluing, and for good reason, because parents act a goddamn fool, is devaluing recruiting in high school, and it's like, hey, why would I take somebody fresh that's coming with baggage and trying to get all this money out of my pocket, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go get this proven commodity out of the transfer portal to help my team immediately. Yeah. So the portal to me is a is – if used correctly in the way Florida Atlantic has used it, in the way San Diego State has used it, and in the way a team like Miami has used it, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing for college basketball. And speaking on the transfer portal and this impact, do you believe it's going to manufacture parity from this point forward? I think so. I still think there will be years where you'll get your blue blood. Like UConn's a blue blood. Let's just call it is. Mm-hmm. But I think there will be years where we'll have it like this and I think to me, one thing to to not get the embarrassment of having a number one seed, don't seed until the second weekend of the tournament. Just throw them in a pod and let them go. Ooh. Throw them in a pod and let them go. Instead of having or set your rankings, don't set preseason rankings. Because honestly, this isn't the first time these mid-majors had success. They had success in the tournament last year. Yeah. Florida, this Final Four that we uh, are witnessing and when this episode drops, we'll have witnessed, you're going to witness this unbelievable guard play, great coaching. Mm-hmm. If you took Florida Atlantic or San Diego State off the chest and put Duke Carolina on it, people are watching. Why are we so mm. enamored with brands when it's really the names that created the brands? Yeah. So let these smaller names create the brands that we see. And I think you're starting to see that with college basketball. Conference USA, and I'll speak on Conference USA real quick. Okay, They have been excellent in the tournament this year. From uh, Florida Atlantic, North Texas won the NIT. Charlotte won the CBI, which is a smaller tournament. Yeah. Um, that's a conference 
who does not have a NIL collective. Florida Atlantic just started a collective two years ago, and it's only at $100,000. Wow. San Diego State gives their players 2000 a month from what's called the Mesa Foundation, a partnership in which they help the community with events, and, uh, and you can promote those events. So San Diego State guys earn 2000 a month. Miami's really the only one where they have significant boosters oh, yeah. to give them what they need. So Miami being in position with Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack has a two-year $800 deal, Isaiah Wong 100000 a year while he's in school, they have $2.2 million. Mm. It's different. So I think yeah. with the way the boosters are set up, with the communities are set up, in terms of NIL dollars, in terms of what a school can grab out of the portal with these kids, you, it'll be different, but I think the portal itself was to start, and I think the NIL was just the, the cream on top to solidify this newfound parity that college basketball season is it, seeing. Excuse me. Okay, so with these mid majors having the opportunity to pull kids that don't pan out from from Duke or from Kentucky or Michigan State, and they come to mid major school. Wouldn't the NIL give an advantage to those top tier college teams that have more money? Oh, most certainly. Oh, most certainly. Most certainly, because the boosters is already in place. Yeah, you you go to Kentucky, man. You got million dollar handshakes happening at Kentucky every other day, probably. You know, you got million dollar even at Duke and Duke's a smaller school. Duke's revenue just for basketball season, I believe, is around forty million or more, which is tremendous for a small school that holds ten thousand in a gymnasium or less than that. So, you know, there's still million dollar deals walking around these these bigger blue blood places. I do believe that there can there can't be anything put in place to deter the have from the have nots. Okay. But I think with the transfer portal sort of slicing and coming in between that, giving guys newfound opportunity, I think can help close the door even further, not only with parity, but for mid majors to major conferences and, and, and dollar output as well. So I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but how many times can a student athlete go into the portal? Is it just once or can they go in twice, three times? Yeah, some players in the portal just jumped in now to, I want to say up to three times last year. I think there's a few guys jumping in two times now. I don't think there's a limit capped on it at this point. You will run out of eligibility, though, which will will essentially stop guys from continuously jumping in the portal because you, you won't have any eligibility left to play i'm glad that this change has happened because i remember you know as as kids coming up when a guy transferred they had to sit out the whole season yep like i remember when uh when jim o'brien uh the former Ohio state basketball coach came over from boston college and he brought scooney Penn with him and he had to sit out the whole year and we knew what type of production he would bring and of course that next year they went to the final four so just remembering how we will see some players transfer from one school to another, and we could not see them play for a whole year. And now all of a sudden, you can go on the transfer portal in the summer, and I can see you doing summer workouts with your team. So I just think that the college basketball finally came around after all these years. You know, I know they got sued by the player from UCLA 
His name is not coming to me right now in terms of his name and likeness. Is that O'Bannon? Yes, O'Bannon. His name and likeness and video games, you know, for those. I know this is a basketball podcast, but for those that love college football, I come back out with the new NCAA football game Thank now. God. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> so seeing that, maybe March Madness basketball game I come back to. Please. For those that love, you know, playing video games, man. So this NIL is definitely giving the next generation an opportunity you know, to make money for their families. You know, a lot of guys like LeBron and, and KG and T-Mac were leaving high schools so had to support their families based off their talent. So now these kids don't have to worry about it. You see, you know, Mikey Williams and, and Bronny James, like they're getting millions of dollars while still being high school kids. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So shout out to social media as well for helping that out too. Absolutely. It's so funny you said a guy like Bronny James mm-hmm. uh, just came out the other day. His mother said that he wants the experience of college. And I think the NAL was helping that case for a guy yeah. who can produce. I'm going to throw this at you. International players, if you were born mm-hmm. internationally and you have a green card, mm-hmm. you can't collect from any NILs. There's a there, there mm. there's a young man. I didn't know that. There's two young men, Oscar Tashibwe out of Kentucky, who is their best player, who will be in the NBA. Uh, he right now is a late first, early second round pick. Yeah, he's a good player. Oscar's really good. He was not able to collect. From any booster or anything like that, provided him dollars. Any initiative provided him dollars. And then there's a... Because he's a a non-U.S. citizen. Non-U.S. citizen. And then there's a kid named Adamo Sanago uh, for UConn. They're big man, seven-foot big man. Kind of looks like Oscar almost. Yeah. Um, He is playing like the best player on potentially a national championship team, Mm -hmm. or maybe the national championship, depending on when you listen to this episode. But he can't collect because he's from Africa yeah. and he's not a natural U.S. citizen. So it mm. restricts. And so I think about a guy like Victor Winbiyama. Yeah. Imagine if they could collect. Does he go straight into the league at 19 or does he say, you know what? This college, even though I'm the number one pick or top two, three pick. Right. Does this college, do I go here and get even more? You know, instead of jumping into the league and just mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'm making league money and maybe right. a little bit of money overseas, I can go to college, collect, and maybe I can get Nike coming after me because now I'm in their near revenue or I can get an Under Armour or whoever yeah. behind me and get these big U.S. corporations behind me yeah. to make money. So I wonder if you let international players get a little bit of the pie. Mm-hmm. Does guys like that begin to say, you know what, I'll hold off on the NBA another year. That money is there. I'll go to college because it's money there. Bro, that answered my next question in terms of the one and done. I believe we talked about the CBA previously mm-hmm. and how they say, you know, the one and done is quote unquote, you know, it's not you know defined as that, but we still want you to have one year after high school before you come into the league. But if you have a star player that's a potential first round pick and he's already getting, you know, three million a year based off of NIL, he's not going to be as much of a rush to go. Very you know true. what I mean? Because I can only imagine being a prospect for any professional sport and your college experience. You know what I'm saying? Because I went to Ohio State when Greg Oden was there, and he was living the life. I, I never saw him in a class, but somehow he was still eligible. <laughs> He's going to get that team to the championship. Daquan Cook and Mike Collin, all of them, I never seen him in one class. They might have went, but just being a prospect – on a college campus, you're a millionaire. I can only imagine the type of love you're going to be receiving from everybody there. And that's something you don't want to give up. When you go to the NBA, now you're a rookie. You're on the bottom of the totem pole. You're not really getting the minutes that you used to get in college. You know, you're getting hazed by the vets. 
So you might want to prolong that, continue to still have that college experience like Bronny was talking about. It's so great that you said that. And I want to piggyback. College makes college makes you in athletics. Mm, okay. Expand, because, expand on that. So if if you look at the NBA and the NFL specifically, you look at some of the bigger names. Yeah, there's outliers like a Patrick Mahomes. Right. Even a Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, in football, because they, you know, Brady was a four, he didn't start till year four at Michigan, and Mahomes went to Texas Tech. Right. But if you look at some of the stars in those respective sports, people will remember Draymond Green, who's a terror on the floor for Golden State. But you remember Draymond at Michigan State? Absolutely. You you remember Greg yes. Oden at Ohio State and the run that they had? Right. You remember as much as we remember Steph Curry for what he has done. Many people say, no, Steph started at Davidson. Yes. So, yep. to me, Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker went on an 11-game tear yes. from the Big, Big East, East tournament, tournament all the way yep. all the way to the national title. Yep. And Kimba now, even though he's fighting to stay in the league, he's been in for a decade strong. NBA All-Star, man. And he's an All-Star. Yeah. And was the piece to a franchise that needed him to be that main guy. Yeah. That 11-game run helped him. Absolutely. So college, to me, can help guys create their name, create their image. It creates coaches. Yeah. Our favorite coaches are on a college level. Nobody cares about who your professional coach is outside of Andy Reid and Doc Rivers. Yeah. Nobody really cares who the college, pro coaches? Yes, college basketball is about the coaches. Absolutely, college basketball, college football, yeah. and NIL can make the players. Yeah, you know we're mm-hmm. we're going to remember some of those these great names coming up if they happen to be in college and play an NCAA tournament. Yeah, because they were in college and the NIL and the transfer portal provides a comfort zone for success to happen now. For sure, bro. So. As we close out this quick hitting podcast, man, we hit on the final four. I don't know if you want to give your prediction now or if you want to do it on your on your social media at Coach Flight on Instagram. So what would you like to do? Give your prediction now or wait to social media? Man, I'm, I'm going to go social media here. Okay, cool, cool, uh, cool. Just to get my final four picks. Well, I'll probably just have the picks up. But, but what I'll say, because this will happen after the final four, I'll say this. I think with the way college basketball is heading, like we just discussed, I think you're going to see some new bright stars come away from this men's Final Four. Mm. And number one, I'm going to go with Dan Hurley and the UConn Huskies. UConn is back, and I think they're here to stay. They had a couple down years past Kevin Ollie, but they got the right guy involved. They're good for when when the college basketball is at its best. You got to have an East Coast team, and that's either Syracuse or that's either UConn. St. John's hired Rick Pitino just recently. Yeah, the East Coast matters to sports, and UConn is going to help drive that. They win their fifth title since 1999. If yeah. they do that this year, they are not only one of the blue bloods; they are the blue blood in college basketball from this point forward. And I'll say this about San Diego State. San Diego State is a power on the West Coast. 
there's potential talk about them maybe moving to the Pac-12 uh, for, for basketball, football, and their athletics. Okay. If they happen to get to a national championship game, and I'll say this, I'll predict the title game. I think it will be San Diego State and UConn. If they play a great game there, that's just more momentum for them maybe to switch a conference in the coming years with continued success from the Mountain West to the Pac-12. So look for my final prediction, but I think the national championship game, when you listen to this, will be UConn, San Diego State, and I'll go ahead and give it. I'm going to say UConn is going to be a national champion. But if not, just know that college basketball is in good hands. It just looks a little different than what we're accustomed to seeing. Absolutely, Coach Fly. And for those that want to check out your Final Four predictions and championship, where can they find you out on social media? Man, please find me on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Flight. Coach Flight, C-O-A-C-H-F-L-I-G-H-T, at Coach Flight, Instagram and Twitter. Man, reach out to me on there. Let me know what you think. Support me. Also support my man, the Medieval One, King Art, man. He's the Medieval One, King Art there on Instagram uh, as well, man. Support us. Support the Hoop Kings podcast. We got much, much more in the works, man, moving forward. Like I said, we represent basketball culture. And that has been another episode of the Hoop Kings podcast. I want to give you a quick hitter as we go into the Final Four and as we then proceed into the NBA playoff season. So I have been the Medieval King Art. He has been Coach Flight. Yes, sir. And we are the Hoop Kings podcast. Peace. Peace.